Hi, this is John Barnes. Hello, and you're listening to welcome to Cop On Podcast, a a defiant Cop On Podcast. My name is Owen. I'm delighted to be joined by Jack from Jack Mac LFC and by Nigel. And before we get into commiserating and philosophizing and looking forward to European glory next week, and oh, we just got Abdul as well who's joining us as well. I would like to start this uh with uh with with this episode with a poem by one of my favorite poets called Khalil Gibran it's called defeat defeat my defeat my solitude and my aloofness you are dearer to me than a thousand triumphs and sweeter to my heart than all world glory defeat my defeat my self-knowledge and my defiance. Through you, I know that I am yet young and swift of foot and not to be trapped by withering laurels. And in you, I have found aloneness and the joy of being shunned and scorned. Don't know about joy. I don't quite agree with Khalil because, you know, as it is about an hour after the final whistle, Defeat feels like a bit of a kick to the chops and knee to the ghoulies. Jack Mack, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, mate. Um, you've got to be positive, haven't you? We are so blessed to be watching this Liverpool team. It's, it's quite frankly remarkable. And obviously, you said there, Owen, congratulations to City. No bitterness from us. Two of the best elite sides in European competition over the last couple of years. And the season's not over, Reds, is it? We've got a, a big game next week. We, the fact that we've, we've, went, we've played every single game possible this season, took it to the wire, missed out, but it's proud of these lads. And congratulations to City, mate. But you can be gutted, but Jürgen Klopp's turns us from doubters to believers. And we will be back next season, 100% in the league. These lads will be spared on even more of the result today. Uh, but yet, yeah, um, yes, disappointments at this moment, but realisation of where we are as a football club. We are in the best possible picture in, in European football. Us and City will be back next year. We will be back next year. You better put a put put a monkey on it, um, Nigel. The 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 you know the jaws of defeat. We didn't actually lose, did we? I mean, we you know we conceded a goal so early. We came back. If you look at the form table, go back ten games, go back fifteen games, go back twenty games. Liverpool are top of the form table. We're going to really come back, as Jack saying. There's going to be a fire in the brain that's going to give a glint to the eyes all round. And I would not swap second place for first place if first place meant being a city fan uh would you nigel i mean you know how are you absolutely not my friend um i'm so proud of our team and just to go back to what you were saying there with that poem at the start defeat is on the end of the ankles so i think i think we um we were very very we we went great today but we still got the job done uh we were we were just got it i just got it (laughs) slow burner (laughs) slow burner Very good. Sorry, yeah, no, uh, this is my brain. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering there for a second. Yeah, yeah, slow burner. Um, anyway, yeah, no, couldn't be prouder of these lads. Great side. Um, Wolves put up a damn good fight today. 
they were very, very good. Conor Cody had them, you know, he had them well drilled. They played really well. Um, Jimenez put up a form performance today. He was really, really, really good. He, he, that's the most uncomfortable I've seen Ibu looking as a Liverpool player. He looked really uncomfortable against Jimenez today. Jimenez had a brilliant game. And the other guy, Neto, was a decent player as well. We all know about him. And Neves, middle of the field. I thought they were good. But then when we when we cranked it up a little, like other days, if that was City and they're getting these deflection goals, that I have to say that substitution they made, uh, Ilkay, Gund Ilkay Gundogan always admired him as a player. One of top spies and uh, a super, super player. Um, it's just a pity that we have to see guys like him and De Bruyne, who are absolute pure world class, playing with a shower of, or playing with some of the shower they play with and for they play with. Another pitch invasion. I mean, awful, awful. Don't like these pitch invasions. Well, uh, it's, I don't know if deep down that, you know, they're covering up for something. You know, they 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 try and celebrate extra hard because deep down, they, must, they, they overdo it because deep down they must know there's no building their success. There's just buying their success. And in a corrupt way, if it hadn't been for the technicalities that uh, the Court of Arbitration for Sport chucked out the case against them with, um, absolute, absolutely soulless at the end of the day. And I think deep down, they all know it. Um, Abdul's with us as well. Abdul, you're looking great, man. Alan says he likes the hair in the chat. Thanks for being in the chat, Alan. New haircut, was that especially for today? Because you because you were feeling all quadrupalicious. Uh, how's it going, my friend? hit the nail on the head right there to be honest maybe i jumped the gun <laughs> i thought uh i would uh yeah celebrate with some silver for the silverware but it wasn't to be but my god for a moment it really felt like it was it really did i mean when city went two nil down i was jumping for joy i couldn't i couldn't believe it honestly <clears throat> but um yeah literally uh, not not many words today i think the, the thing that i'm most disappointed about today is tiago's injury that's genuinely heartbreaking for me because i i don't think there's any chance he's going to make paris unfortunately so yeah i mean fabinho yeah he'll hopefully be back klopp says he'll definitely be back but i'm not even sure if in an ideal world tiago didn't get the injury today and we had fabinho back i would have been tempted to start henderson anyways just because henderson has the rhythm right now throwing in fabinho three weeks without a game against the best team in the world apart from us really would have been would have been a lot to ask for a top performance from him on on Saturday night. But now we actually do need him to play. So makes things even tougher now with Thiago's injury. So I'm not not happy about that. But yeah, I mean, I know I know we're we're in our feelings about City, but I've got to say, just for the maybe one or two City fans who are listening right now, I mean, what a way to do it. You know, you you had it right there, you felt the despair and then you snatched it away from us at the at the very death. So um, congratulations, enjoy it, live it up, because my God, you've awoken a beast again. Just like you did in that season when you beat us by one point, you've awoken a beast. And next season, we are absolutely going to blitz it. Not, not going to leave any single room for mistake next season. And, and trust me, you think you've, seen a, you think you've seen a beast this season? Like next season, Liverpool are definitely coming for it again. So yeah, watch out. That is absolutely right. I mean, we they they had better watch out. I mean, the the the, uh, the fact we've we've got by far the best manager in the world who brings out the best uh, in players that that 
you know, are bought for fractions of the price of City players in general. And he's improving everybody. We've got great guys coming through. No doubt we'll we'll make some some more hits uh, in the transfer market. We'll dip into the transfer hat and pull out a sparkling rabbit. Um, Jack, this is this is yes, as you say, the season is not over. Um, but I just want to talk about, I mean, Gary Richards is in the chat. He says he's so proud. I want to talk about your pride and, you know, just how freaking wonderful it is to be a, a Liverpool fan. But your pride in these Reds, what do you what do you love about them? To never say die attitude, mate, especially when you are coming up against a team that has got a, a wealth of uh, money in their transfer budget as well. Still, yes, when you spend that money, you've got to get results and, and fair play to City, as the lads have said. But we've cried out for this for how long? In the Rafa years, in the Rogers years, the Roy's, we, we had that period under Roy. We've come such a far distance in reality since Ian Klopp's come in he, he said tends from doubters to believers and uh, and, and today the, the fact that teams are coming to Anfield now over the last couple of years and uh, and struggling we've wanted our, our Anfield to be a fortress but we've been unbeaten like force unbeaten at home for four seasons out of the five years at Liverpool Football Club at Anfield so that that just shows how far we've come and these lads, I've been dreaming of a player. Obviously, I never grew up in an era of rushing Kenny, but I grew up in an era of watching Sadio Mane, Mohamed Sarah, Torres, Suarez at that period as well. These, every single lad on the pitch today and even really in the stands, they're all legends. And this success will not die in the next two to three years. As the lads said, we're only going to get stronger. As Abdul said, we'll be back next year. And he said, Owen, we'll probably pull out one or two rabbits out of the hat. Uh, our recruitment is absolutely one of the best in European football. That's the reason why we've been able to close this gap to what? A point every single season. And then the odds pick up within one, uh, one of those seasons as well. We finished third with what? Like no sense at half last year. Uh, and, and we've done tremendous for that. But uh, for me, We'll be back again, as the lads have said. Uh, I, all of us, we enjoy every single second of it. This is what support and Liverpool Football Club is all about. Even in our lows, we still get behind our lads regardless. But uh, we are Liverpool Football Club and uh, our lads will never walk alone regardless of whatever does happen next season. We will be back going on all fronts. It's a beautiful answer. And I, I'm just going to put the same question to all of you because I think there's so much that we can talk about. Nigel, when, 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 when I mentioned the word, you know, pride, pride at being a red and, you know, the love you have for our team, what, what, what immediately comes to your mind? I've always been proud of my team. Um, from day one, I, Jack was saying he was, he's too young to have seen Russia and Kenny. Well, I'm not. I've seen them. I... I was 14 in 1986 when we won the double. The 10th of May 1986, my favourite goal, Rushy's got second goal in the, in the in the cup final against Everton. And I got to tell him that. And um, the pride that day was incredible. The pride any day I see Liverpool is incredible. The pride I was listening... In 1982, I was in my outside my aunt's house in my car, my dad's old escort, trying to listen to an, a radio my uncle had rigged up. And it was an old crackly medium wave radio and you couldn't hear it properly. You're getting little bits. Amazing. And I'm hearing us. I'm hearing us speaking spores in 1982. I was 10, and you're hearing, like, you're not getting any kind of blanket coverage that you're getting now. <laughs> you're looking blanket, huh? Blanket, all right. I, just it was so, so, so different. 
to what we're getting now, football-wise. Um, totally. Massive when, when you think of Kloppo's Reds, you know, Kloppo's Red, this team, how would it How would it compare? I mean, apart from the obvious brilliance, like, how would it how would it compare to the to the teams of old? Obviously, the, you know, athleticism has changed and stuff, but I'm talking mentally, sure. mentality, because there's something extra special about Kloppo's Reds, I think. It's slightly different. When we had, we'd say... Graham Souness in the middle of the field. He goes through people for a shortcut. He, Graham Souness is the perfect mix of silk and steel. Best midfielder I've ever seen, bar none. I don't care what anybody says. Souness is our best midfielder ever. An absolute genius. Silk and steel, because you kick back then and people are trying to break your legs. Him and Brian Robson and Remy Moses and lads like that kicking lumps out of each other in the middle of the field on bad sand pitches. And they're going out. And like Dolph Leash, David Johnson, Steve Highway, all guys like that. And it's, it's a different type of game. But now you've got uh, Klopp's mentality monsters. Henderson is going out and driving the team on. James Milner, an absolute legend as well, um, comes on, settles us down in the cup final last week. Settled us down today, I thought, when he came on. Did a great job. Um, it's it's all here. It's drive. It's That's what that's what links those two teams together. Or Paisley's team, Fagan's team, Shankly's team, this team. It's drive. It's pure drive. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. It is pure drive. And uh, thanks very much to the Man United fan who's uh, joined us to try and laugh at, at us. Uh, thanks for commenting. You're boosting the ratings of the channel. Thank you very much. And uh, you seem to, he says that uh, Stevie G, oh, Slippy G. Oh, there you go. Very witty. Um, haha. Uh, the thing with any 38 uh, game season, Abdul, as any you know, intelligent person would understand, um, is that it doesn't come down to any three points. And that's the main thing from today, that, you know, I'm sure that the, the Liverpool fan in Steven Gerrard, for example, would be uh, very disappointed. Maybe the Liverpool fan in Connor Cody would be disappointed this evening. I don't know. But, like, the, the whole narrative around, you know, it coming down to, like, someone was... I was, I was in conversation, Texas, a friend the other day, who was saying that, well, I think we lost it when we drew with City. And I don't think you can you can put any league, league season down to one game because, for example, 13-14 when Gerrard slipped, let's say, for example, that cost us three points. OK, we also dropped points to Hull City and Swansea City and, you know, other teams that season, which were really damaging. Because Palace, there you go. And they're all equally damaging because it's all just three points for a win. So, Abdul, there's, there's really nothing that anyone has to kick themselves about. There's really not much ammo that our rivals, uh, Manchester United, um, who lost to Palace, speaking of Palace today, haha, uh, <laughs> and finished some 30 points behind us, Aha, because over a 38-game season, we're much, much better than them. And, Abdul, I want you to talk about, uh, you know, the brilliance that, of this Liverpool team and how much you love it, um, you know, and, and what, you know, different elements that you love. So, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I've been on Twitter spaces in the last few weeks uh, where people were lamenting the fact that we drew against Spurs and... Uh, against City and Chelsea and Brentford and Brighton and basically just crying because they felt like, oh, we've lost the opportunity. But today proves, you know, up until, what, the 76th minute or the 72nd minute, we very much had a chance. And um, 
Yeah, look, I mean, it's been said a lot by um, people who are much smarter than me, but the levels that Manchester City and Liverpool have put in to the Premier League over the last three and four seasons is literally unbelievable. You cannot actually find fault on either either team when it's a point between it, you know, and not just a point between it. If it was a point between it and both teams were getting around 60, 70 points a season, then yeah, fair enough. You can say both teams could have improved here, could have done this better. But both teams are literally not dropping points, like minimum two points a game average, like minimum over a season. But you cannot actually you cannot actually find fault in teams who are absolutely just battering teams every single week. And then they occasionally, once in every five games, drop a point. It's just completely faultless on both sides. So, um, yeah, I, I cannot find any fault in this Liverpool team. And I think you're a very nasty person if you can to be honest. Um, you just got to let it go. Let, let bygones be bygones. But in terms of this Liverpool team, I'm most proud about the fact that these boys are playing against, like everybody has said, a team who are backed by unlimited riches. You know, They're playing against a team who, in theory, should just walk every single game. But every single week, they turn up, they put their heads to the game, and they literally pull out a fantastic result fantastic performance, whatever we need to give the fans something to celebrate or something to believe in for the next seven days or the next three days until we have another game. When they talk about mentality monsters, it's like, oh yeah, we're getting the results. But it's also the fact that they are so dedicated to making sure that the fans have something to be proud of every single week. And that, I think, speaks to not just their footballing ability, but their character as human beings. I think they are a special, special group of people. And when they all hang up their boots in 30 years time, when they're coaches or managers or businessmen or pundits, they'll look back on these five years, hopefully these seven, 10 years on the clock as something that was truly special. I, I, I really don't think something like this has, has been done in sports, really. I mean, Alex Ferguson's Manchester United, but still it's different. What we're witnessing right now is different, I think. It's, it's, it's the way that we're doing it and the points that we're getting. And yeah, it's just different. So I'll analyze it properly when when everything actually settles down, like when we're, when we're remembering the, the highlights of this era in the future. But yeah, living it right now, it, it's just such a special feeling to support this club. It's a beautiful answer, and 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 absolutely right. It is a special feeling. There's something about it though that Jack, I'm I'm a little bit, tiny, tiny bit, um, is concerned. The word it's probably not the word, but I would be very disappointed if history looks back on these last, say, three seasons when we've had the you know the rocket Reds, the rampaging, relentless Reds. Getting 92 points, 97 points and 99 points and only having one league to show for it. Whereas whereas Fergie, I mean, going back to United, if we still have the United fan in the in the chat, you're more than welcome. Um, you know, 92 points was his record ever. And that's supposed to be the you know one of the best managers of all time. Is there would is there a slight is that is something that plays on your mind a little bit? The fact that actually you know, we deserve a bit more. Um, you know, this this team will always deserve to be in the conversations for the best Premier League team ever. But we've only got one league title to show it. 
Yeah, and that's as I just said, that's what will get banded at Liverpool in the next 10, 15 years, post whatever happens. But you've got to look at Liverpool's European success. I know Pep tries to brush it under the carpet, but what City have been doing in the league is remarkable. But what Liverpool have been doing in Europe is even more remarkable, considering obviously the, we've got two Manchester Cities and PSG with the Limitless. We've seen what they've done um, this week with signing up Kylian Mbappe, making him like the owner of the club or whatnot. And we've got Man City in that competition as well, Bayern Munichs, the AC Milan, Inter, like all the top European clubs as well. But I think in the next couple of years, we will be winning a lot more European trophies. And hopefully we do start by the end of this weekend. If we come away with two European Cups, we've been to three finals in the space of five years. That's not normal. Obviously, I know Nigel and the, and the Reds in the 70s and 80s as well grew up. It's quite normal to, to go to a European Cup. But if we can come away from this era and this hopefully by the end of Jürgen Klopp's reign with a, at least if he surpasses Bob's European record, that's a feat in itself. If, if Jürgen comes away with more than three European Cups, <laughs> Fergie only won, was it two? And even with Ferguson, yeah, with Ferguson, it took him, what, five, six years to win his first league title, was it? Um, obviously, he won the FA Cup or whatnot to, to very much keep him at the helm at Manchester United. So, yeah, yeah just, Klopp, just to say, Jack, just start. to say there, Jack, yeah. It took him. It took him twenty-seven years to win two European yeah, cups. Yeah, so not too bad, is it? Clock can do it. In, yeah, yeah. Just put that in context. Bad. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, Fergie, he's a Jürgen's not going after the end of his contract. He's going to sign a new deal. So yeah, lots of positive. But Jürgen Klopp, as the lads have said, we've got Jürgen Klopp. So yeah. We do, yes, we do, and 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 we wouldn't swap him for anyone. Of course, we wouldn't. Uh, yeah, very well said. Um, very well said. Well, a friend of mine, uh, Christoph in France, a PSG fan, he said to me once, you know, um, Manchester City are an English team, but Liverpool are a European team, and he meant that uh, with the greatest respect to say across Europe, across the continent, Liverpool, um have such a reputation and uh, are feared throughout the continent and looking forward to next week uh abdul i'm going to go uh, over to you uh next week chance for number seven i just had a little tremor in my body about it how are you how how are you feeling abdul is it is this i mean you know you've dyed your hair silver and it's gonna be you know you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it next week man you're gonna enjoy it next week hopefully hopefully got to got to i mean at this after like that's that's probably the only positive that's going to come out of today it's that these players they feel shit right now and they're going to get onto the training pitch tomorrow and tuesday and wednesday and thursday and they are gonna just feel it and then friday and saturday they're gonna let it all out they have absolutely nothing to lose and i feel i feel uh yeah relaxed about it actually um i think that won't be the case as the week goes on i'll (laughs) I'll start to lose my hair probably um but yeah i'm i'm uh we definitely go into this match as underdogs which i think definitely suits us um and Real Madrid for the first time in a few rounds in this competition are actually uh the the favorites I think because of the way that they did it against uh Man City and the way that they did it against PSG and also Chelsea I feel like everybody is now said like yeah this Real Madrid team went they're on the hunt for this trophy and um I think they are the firm favorites for this match 
And I think that I think they've been relying on the underdog thing a lot this year. And I don't think Liverpool have had that so much this year. And I think that we are definitely the underdogs going into this match. But then I also think this title loss or yeah, it's going to feed into our kind of wanting to win. And then also, I think the special cherry on top is this Mbappe saga, I think, has really affected the Real Madrid squad. I'm seeing all the players posting on Instagram. I'm seeing the players posting on Twitter. I'm seeing them feeling betrayed, talking about how certain players, they don't have the DNA to play for Real Madrid. I think it's really <laughs> got to them deep inside. And I think in Paris, yeah. I think they, they're going to want to make a statement in his hometown. So I think that's going to lead to them overextending themselves on the pitch in certain moments. And I think that's going to play right into Liverpool's hand. We're going to be ready with the counter-attack. Salah's going to be ready. Mane's going to be ready. Diaz is going to be ready. I think Trent's going to be ready. I think, yeah, the only thing that could go against us is the, the midfield situation. What midfield are we going to line up with? Is Thiago going to be fit? Fingers crossed. Everything crossed. Touch wood. Like, please. If he is, then yeah, great. But if not, then yeah, I think that the question to midfield is going to be our issue. But yeah, let's see how it goes. Uh I've got no fear about it. Uh, I just really just, yeah, it's going to be a nice, nice match to cap off the season. And hopefully we can uh, rectify any feeling of loss that we had today. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Nigel, you keep dropping out of the stream a couple of times. You're, 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 you're too excited about this Champions League final. <laughs> you're pressing all the buttons. How, how, I mean, Abdul made a really good point there about the whole Mbappe saga. What do you make of yeah. it, him turning Real Madrid down? I think that's a massive blow to them, not just financially, yeah. but as you know, in terms of their reputation as a European powerhouse. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I, I really don't think that uh, can't see how that will affect him unless they were told that he's actually signing for them and not just all this speculation rubbish. I, I think, think it's there were no, but no, but inside the game, Nigel, in oh. these, these, oh, yeah, I understand people, that they, they were convinced that he was going, including okay. Perez. Oh, listen, I don't care what Perez thinks, he's an absolute st- a boil on the ass of football, is all he is. Um, <laughs> he is. Just with all his money, it just yeah, and just what you're saying about um, Guardiola uh, brushing our European success or their lack of European success under the carpet. He have about he has about as much uh, chance of that as brushing his hair. Like I mean, no, <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think this uh, more than them being disappointed by losing Mbappe. I think oh, we lost Nigel for a moment there. Uh, unless uh, the, yeah. Oh. Okay, and, you're uh, back, Nigel. Sorry, yeah. sorry, you yeah. you, you froze you could, for a second. You said okay. you're not sure. You're not sure if it's uh, <sighs> if it's going to affect them, basically. No, I don't think so. But I, I think um, I, I think the disappointment today. You could hear it in Henderson's voice. Um, I think this will spur our lads on. Not winning this today will spur our lads on to get out there. And this is the last game of the season. Let's not leave anything behind us. Let's work for one another. Let's get out there and do the job and bring back number seven. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Let's uh, let's go through the team and we're just going to talk about, uh, you know, different things. Uh, moving on to the final. Nigel, I'm going to stay with you because um, we, we're bound to line up, you know, and, you know, all of this is injuries permitting. But, we, you know, we should line up with Alison Becker in goal. Um, he's been absolutely magnificent. And that save today from yeah, Juan. Outstanding. 
Yeah. Oh my word! I mean, it's it's just great, like, unbelievable. Wang was through on goal. First of all, yeah. I thought he was offside, or so I wasn't particularly having too many panic attacks about it. But then I saw Allison with another new head. It was sort of slicked <laughs> back mafioso style today um and i was like well he's not gonna score is he and having that level of confidence in a goalkeeper is it's worth its weight in popcorn it's unbelievable uh what do you think what do you think about alison becker best in the world it's as simple as that he saves us time and time and time again um like that save today was just a uh, perfect illustration because your man was clean through one-on-one -on -one and you, you get some of these guys just to pick a spot but he's out so fast at his feet he doesn't have a chance like the place for him to go there today was more across the goalkeeper than where he tried to go he made Alisson's job a little bit easier he should have went across him I thought but Alisson was out so fast he didn't have time to think to go about going across him and it was just a brilliant save he tried to go short side of Alisson um, because he wasn't getting uh, the perfect illustration. Do you remember the goal Salah scored against United at Old Trafford a couple of seasons ago in the in the teal kit when he went running from the halfway line? Same kind of thing. And Henderson yes. was in goal and he came out and he might as well have put arrows down into the bottom left hand corner. He left through about he left yards <laughs> for Salah just to pass the ball into the corner. Well, yes. Allison doesn't do that. He just simply doesn't. He was out. He narrowed the angle and gave your man one option and he couldn't take it. Like I said, Excellent. best in the world. Best in the world. Uh, I would agree yeah. with that. I would agree with that. Um, uh, Abdul or Jack, do you do, do do you have anything to add on on Alison? Any any kind words for our Brazilian? Um, I don't know. God, <laughs> God that he is. <laughs> God, yeah, 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 he's he's a god. And the one thing that we had in Kiev was Carius and goal. This time we've got Ali Becker, uh, the world as Nigel said, the best goalkeeper in world football. Courtois, as we see in against, if it was it was it Chelsea or whoever, like if you can. If Liverpool can press this Real Madrid side quite high up the pitch, of course, has well, got that uh, tendency to really mis uh, misplace a pass on that. But Alisson Becker, he was pivotal when we played Tottenham in the European Cup, and obviously he got the Golden Glove uh, to, to my to my left there. Well, no, no, whatever. <laughs> Get confused the camera. <laughs> but yeah, he, he will be pivotal in relation to obviously always winning. Hopefully next week. But yeah, you don't win anything without a good goalkeeper in between the sticks. <laughs> And he's unbelievable, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Just to say moving. on Alisson as well, Go just on. quickly, um, mm -hmm. when I'm looking back on this season, it's, it's kind of hard to think about who our standout player has been. I mean, there was a season where Salah scored like 40 goals, he won the PFA, that was deserved. There was a season right. when um, Van Dijk won the PFA, when we won the league, that was deserved. He was clearly the standout player for us. I think this season, it's probably been Alisson. Some of the one-on-one -on -one saves that he's put in, in, in so many matches... Literally, we would not be in a situation that we are in today uh, if it wasn't for Alisson. So, yeah, I think, yeah, he's literally just the best in the world and uh, so glad that we have him. And, yeah, I think he's probably been our player of the season. He's up there. He is, he is definitely up there. Um, absolutely. I mean, for me, Mo Salah, I mean, despite he, he's been, you know, a little bit off the boil since AFCON or whatever, but you can't downplay those 23 goals, was it? And 13 assists? Madness. Uh, but we'll get on to talking about him. I want to go through the team from the back to the front. Uh, the next one's Trent Jack. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, I, I saw a great compilation you should all check out on YouTube. Um, of of him like from from his first ever kicks for Liverpool. It's actually from from including highlights from the youth team all the way up to now. And he sort of, if you put it on a on one of those um, 
you know, slow motion cameras that then you speed up over time. You know how you photograph flowers and all that stuff blooming. Trent has gone from sort of as wide as as a calippo to as 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 you know sort of bulky and strong as a you know the 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 magnum of your dreams um and i've been impressed with that his his physical development but on the pitch he's a leader um six key passes today six uh, which is, I don't know, I mean, the next best in the team was was Sadio Mane on four, which is also extraordinary. And then three and two, which is the more normal numbers that people have on a football pitch. He's not normal, Jack. Trent, he's not normal. Yeah, he, he, he very much antipathies a Jürgen Klopp player in terms of getting him through the youth ranks and developing him. Um, he's not a 70, 80 million pound player. He's a young lad, similar to Foden at Man City. As good as Klopp and, and Guardiola are, that they get the best out of their players. But most importantly, Jürgen Klopp, given the, the utilities and the, what he has got at his disposal in terms of transfer budget at every single season. But this lad, he's been to three, four, four, four European Cup finals anyway in relation to... Uh, Obviously, three in terms of the year, but he's he's 23, 23 years old, and obviously he was only one assist behind Mohamed Salah. Really, it's quite quite frightening. Really, he defies expectation, and I'm pretty sure that he set his targets. Similar with Mo, a lot of these players set targets beginning of the season, and I'm pretty sure Trent is only there get better. And and when you get on social media, that's why I just I love coming on doing the videos of you boys and that. But I log off. Because some of the stuff you do see on Twitter and, and rival fans, they'd love a Trent in their team. They'd absolutely love it. It's the fact that he's a scouser. He defies expectations yet again, week after week after week, putting in performances. And uh, yeah, he's ours. And he's a Liverpool lad, most importantly. And he's only 23. And potentially, depending on how the next couple of years go, obviously Virgil van Lake would probably expect to get the captaincy off Jordan Henderson. But at the end of Trent's uh, career, hopefully, he will be Liverpool captain, and I'd I'd love no one more than to to have the captain season. Trent, he gets what it means to live, play for Liverpool, and yeah, he's only going to get better, which is quite scary. We could be looking in a couple of years where he's got like twenty odd assists within a Premier League season. He will hit that eventually one season when we just get a goals, goals, goals. We'll we'll break loads of records, but yeah, he's I love him, right? Absolutely love him. I love the. Um, relationship between him and Tiago, how it's developed um, since Tiago's joined us, and how you can sort of tell how much respect that Tiago has for Trent, e even in almost the way that he passes the ball to Trent. It's like, there you go, Trent. You know, work your magic, Trent. And it's like it's almost like a sort of proud father or a proud, a proud bitch looking at their beautiful puppy um okay um matip um uh nigel joel matip there's i mean there's surely a, a case for him to be most improved player of the season maybe i mean he was brilliant oh. before but this season he's gone to a different planet yeah there's not there's no it's not just a case it's it's a hundred percent he's the most improved player uh, fitness wise, like I think he, I think I saw something like he played twenty three games last season or something like that. This season he's played over forty and he has been absolutely magnificent. I had no worries last week. One of my friends rang me about a minute from the end of the cup final and I was like, "What? What is he doing? 
and he was talking to me on the phone and I didn't see Trent, I, I didn't see Virgil been subbed. And he says to me, Virgil's gone off. I said, what? And then I saw, I looked at the screen and I was saying, oh, it's, it's Joel, fine, no problem. Simple as that. It's it just, he's he's been absolutely magnificent all season. Just chipped in with some really good goals, but his presence and his hands waving in the air for at linesman is, is a joy to watch. Love him. Great man. Great player. Totally, totally. 30 appearances. 30! 30, 30 starts, uh, 30 appearances, 2,700 minutes uh, plus additional time. Uh, three goals and two assists. Um, Virgil, in contrast, 3,060 minutes, so uh, about 360 minutes more than uh, Joel Matip, and Virgil had three goals and one assist, so Joel Matip, one assist, better than Big Verge. Um, Abdul, do you want to talk about Joel Matip, or do you want to talk about the man next to him today, Ibu Konate? How are you thinking? What are you thinking? I think uh, it's, it's a great just question in general, because who starts in Paris? That is yeah. the question, isn't it? Um, and I, I really don't know. I mean, your head says, okay, Vinicius Jr. is really quick. Trent's going to be up there somewhere. You need somebody who's quick to get back and track Vinicius' runs. So that yeah. says Konate. Yeah. But then just the little... I, I rate Konate unbelievably highly. Like when we signed him, I said, we, we've signed Virgil's successor. He is like, we've clearly just put the filters on the search, just like same height as Virgil, can play on the floor, good at heading, good at defending. And we and it, and it brought up Kanate. So I rate him very highly, but just the little inexperience, it's literally just a question of, is Matip's experience um, enough to swing it for him for Paris? And I honestly do not know. I do not, I do not envy Klopp's decision-making for this because... Matip's experience, it isn't even just, our oh, normal, oh, he's a top centre-back. Like, Matip is a very unique centre-back. He's, like, genuinely, in my opinion, he's the best centre-back at playing football in the world. I think the only one who can rival him is John Stones at City and maybe Bonucci, but, like, four years ago, Bonucci at, Ju at Juventus. But, but hang on, hang on, hang on. And Virgil, surely. I think Virgil is a great defender and he... He, he adds a great aura to our defence. But in terms of just playing football, like Matip could play in midfield, like he's that good at playing football. So that's what I mean when I say he's the best footballer defender in the world. But then, yeah, like, so I think that makes him a very unique option to have. I think he allows us to dominate possession when he plays in a way that I'm not sure Konate would. But that's not saying that Konate is like not good at doing the things that Matip is doing. Konate is perfectly okay. But it's just about these margins, these fine margins. And against Madrid, maybe the margins will make the difference. So I really don't know. I, it really depends on Klopp, what he feels is going to be best for this match. And yeah, I, I do not envy the decision-making at all. Uh, both top-quality centre-backs. I just hope Virgil is fit. Honestly, I don't even know what's wrong with him. Like, so hope, hopefully he is fit. Yeah, it's a worrying one, isn't it? it? Apparently it was something in his knee, so that's not a... Not a good sign. I don't know if it's the same knee that Pickford assaulted, but I, I don't know. But it's um, it's something, yeah, we'll keep an eye on. I mean, maybe they'll both start. Um, if you had to pick one of them, it would be a very difficult choice, as you say. You're absolutely right. Um, Abdul, just staying with you on Ibu, just quickly. I mean, that that he was definitely at fault for the goal because um, 22-year-old defenders make mistakes like that sometimes. But the ball did sail over his head. Um, is that is that something that, that you'd worry about if uh, 
you know, Modric is pinging him in as opposed to, you know, whoever, you know, um, Ruben Neves, you know, or he's a good player, but, you know, he's not on the same level as Modric, in my opinion. I don't know. Would that worry you? You know, would that be a way of, you know, you erring towards Matip? Or would you, would you think that, you know, Ibu's got his error out of the way because apart from that Ibu in his today he had a 98.7% pass success or something like that I'll double check that yeah 98.7% passing success for Ibu Konate today in the first half it was 100% and that was from 84 touches of the ball and um 77 passes so basically he missed one of them um 76 out of 77 passes that's going to be that's going to be a that's going to be an asset no abdul i don't know so yeah like you're exactly right he's 22 years old we can't expect him to be completely faultless in everything that he does saying that most of the season he has pretty much been faultless in everything that he does so um yeah like i have absolutely no fault in him if he starts in paris i will completely feel safe with that decision like comfortable with that decision um but yeah that's that's what i mean i feel like there was another match recently as well where he was kind of the benfica first leg he made it up was it the first leg or was it the second leg i'm not sure but he made a mistake and then he made it up with a goal himself but yeah he's got tiny tiny errors in him but uh again that that is the question whether that inexperience uh because that stuff li literally is just inexperience oh no i misjudged the flight of the ball like, if you give him 100 Premier League appearances down the road, he doesn't misjudge the five of a ball anymore. And he, he doesn't make the same mistake that he made today. So is there scope to say, oh, Matip wouldn't make a similar mistake, so we should start him in Paris? That might be the question of Klopp's mind. But if there was, for example, an injury in training midweek, I'd be like, thank God we have Ibu. So it's, it's really, it's really, it's really like a 0.3% question, basically. It really doesn't matter which one of them starts, but Klopp has to make a decision. So which way he goes, it's down to him. Great answer. Great answer. Does anyone want to jump in, talk about Ibu, or shall we move on to Robbo? Okay, Robbo it is. Nigel, Andy Robbo had uh, an, a, another very impressive pass success rate, 94.3% passing accuracy, seven crosses, two accurate crosses, seven long balls, five accurate long balls obviously he got a goal which meant that lots of us who were watching at home switched over to the city match because uh, you know that was game over um but he was up and down um yeah uh i don't know I, andy robbo i mean he's he was supposed to be injured no i mean he just comes back and he looks yeah. absolutely beautiful again he had a couple of dodgy looking moments in last few weeks he just just looked a bit tired and Cup final, he was he looked a bit knackered. Um, but he was he looked his back to his best again today. Um, just as a context for all this this past success, how different is it going to be? Are Real Madrid gonna sit and let us knock the ball around like that? Or are or are they going to try and push onto us? Um passing I us passing think, the ball being sorry. I think they will. I think they will. It's a really good mm -hmm. question, but I think they will sit off us a bit because I don't think they'll have much of a choice. Because, yeah. um, you know, they, they don't have the legs to press and press yeah. and be too pro proactive. And, you know, judging by the game's previous Champions League games, they will form a bit of a block. Mm. But sorry, carry on. Yeah. All the all the, the, the passes, the 100% passes, like we did a lot of kind of passing from our centre-backs to our midfielders to sideways and stuff like that. 
uh, it took a long time to break Wolves down today. They were very well organised, so there's going to be a lot of passes. It happens to us sometimes that we look a bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not stale, uh, a bit static sometimes when we're passing the ball sideways and it looks like we might have trouble breaking teams down. But there's it, it's such, our, our press and our, I, I'd like to have seen a little bit more pressing again today, I think. Push on to the fullbacks when they were trying to come out. You see, everyone's sitting back. That's what I said yesterday. They're sitting back. The, the, the fullbacks, their fullbacks are not letting our fullbacks get behind them and go into the line to try and create goals because they know if our fullbacks get behind them, they're dead. It's as simple as that. They'll pull the ball back. And, and that's this seems to be the tactic now. Even so, even more so than a low block. It's it's defend your line at all costs and just try and frustrate us by by getting us to knock the ball sideways all the time. Um, but and then that's that's why Thiago comes in. That's why Henderson and Milner come in to try and work the spaces. And that's why Mo came in today. And suddenly the game slightly changed because Mo is more mobile than Jota. Jota is a great man in the box, but Mo is slightly more mobile and quicker. And I think that's why the second goal came today because we were. They saw Mo coming on the field and he adds a slightly different um, narrative to our forwards because of the speed. And they kind of had to come out maybe slightly to, to stop him cutting in. And, that, and so, that, that opened up the space. Yeah, no, very mm. interesting. Very interesting answer. Yeah, very good. Very good. Excellent stuff. We've got to, we've got to move through the players very quickly because I, I, I didn't want to, uh, you know... Waste all your time, guys. You're busy men. I know this. Thank you very much for being with me. But uh, into the midfield, Jack. If you if you what you can choose, we had Nabilad, Tiago, Hendo, or Milner. Basically, uh, in that midfield, we, which one would you like to talk about? Henderson, mate. I think as the lads have said today, he he's that player that um, people love to have a go at. It was Genie. It's Henderson. It's a sit over Satan play another week. This lad has lots of said already, you know, everyone in the comments. Today he stood up, he was a captain of a football club. It got difficult for us, but he, we listened to him, his instructions on the players today. You see him, he never faltered and he hasn't this season. Um, people will try and steal the argument, uh, but it has been for years since Henderson's been at Liverpool Football Club. but um, it'll be interesting to see what we do in the, in the summer in terms of recruitment. I think adding one or two more physical players to our midfield is, a, is very pivotal, considering whatever happens with Ox or obviously both the, Curtis Jones. I think he's going to have an interesting season next year, the more minutes he gets. But Henderson today, mate, what he offers, apart from Thiago, those two have got real experience. They've been there, done that. Obviously, Thiago's another level compared to obviously Henderson the fact that Murray's won. But Liverpool, the trophies we won would not have been possible without Jordan Henderson's captain ability as well as ability on the football pitch. But yeah, I'll back end though, mate. And I think uh, he will stay at the football club. The, the people on social media and all nonsense that the stuff he will mention over the last, in, in next three months. Um, but Captain Henderson, phenomenal. He, he's tried his best. But yeah, I'll back my <laughs> I, and you're absolutely right too. I mean, you'd be silly not to back Hendo at this stage, but that's absolutely brilliant answer. Yeah, Jack, absolutely. It, none of it, you're totally right. None of it would have been possible without the, the, the leadership of Henderson. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, in terms of the midfield, I mean, yes, there's a bit of panic because Thiago, 
Um, although Klopp said post-match that apparently he had his little girl on his shoulders out after the match and he was walking around. So that's a good sign. He doesn't need crutches or anything like that. Um, but in terms of the midfield, there will be some Liverpool fans out there um, who will, you know, blink not just twice, but maybe three times. And they might even start gazing out of the window uh, beyond the trees. Um, if, for example, we ha we were forced to start um, Milner, Henderson and Cater uh, in midfield. But, Abdul, do you know the last time we started those three in midfield? Do you know what game it was? Nope. Nope. Please tell me Manchester United nil, Liverpool five was the last they... time that those three started a football match. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I won't be staring. At, I'll, be, I'll be looking. I'll be with my binoculars, enjoying the birds and the trees with a happy, happy-go-lucky air. Um, for the midfield uh, today, in general, um, you know, what, what did you think of it? Go wherever you like with it. Talk about Naby Lad, you can talk about Tiago, you can talk about Jimmy Milner. Yeah, so I think I can't actually remember the match today when I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, what? That's fair um, enough. That's fair enough. It was an emotional roller coaster. Talk about the Champions League final then. Let's move forward. What? Who would you pick? Which you know, let's say for example, Fabinho is available but rusty. Um, would you chuck him in? So yeah, I think uh, you asked me earlier about um, what's going to happen with Real Madrid playing a ball over the top, and I forgot to answer it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think Nigel raised a really good point. Uh, about um, are Madrid going to sit off or are they going to press? I think if everybody had been fit, Real Madrid's game plan would have been to let Liverpool play football and they would drop off into a deep block and they would, uh, you know, make things tough for us. And then, like you said, they'd get Tony Cruz on the ball, ping the ball into the channels when Trent had pushed up and that would expose us. 1v1, Vinicius would kill us. I think that would have been their game plan. But now that we've got a few injuries in the midfield and we're going to have to probably try and approach it differently, if we do go into that Champions League final with Milner, Henderson and Cater, I think the onus then becomes on Real Madrid to play football in that match. They will recognise that, yeah, they have a higher quality midfield than us, you know, in terms of playing football and like, you know, they've got Modric and Cruz and Casemiro. That's, you know, top, top quality footballers technically. Um and I think they will try and then play football. And then Liverpool will be the ones who will sit tight, work very hard, and then try and hit them on the counter-attack. And for some reason, I feel like maybe my head is wrapped in aluminum foil, but I feel like that might play into our hands. That might be a better tactic for us to go into that match with than what we would have gone in with in terms of, oh, let's just play our best possible team and try and beat them by playing the best football. I'm not sure that would beat Real Madrid, but I feel like if we go out to make things tough for Real Madrid and make things hard, then it could go into our favour. Saying that, maybe Milner doesn't start. Maybe we do decide to go with Fabinho, Henderson and Cater. Um, I think, again, that's a really tough midfield. Probably, again, we will try and be like tough to break down, hope for some magic from Cater. And, um, but then, yeah, I think Cater would play the Thiago position in that one, whereas Henderson would play right centre mid and get involved with Trent and Salah on the right. So, um, yeah, I think that's, a, that's, pos that's actually probably the most likely midfield, I would say. Um, and I think that's a really balanced match. I think both teams will try and play football with that kind of formation. And then, yeah, it, it, it really falls on Cater to really show his quality. Obviously, the last time he played against Real Madrid, got taken off after 41 minutes. So the omens are not good. 
but then, yeah, um, if there's an injury midweek, who knows? Maybe we'll see Curtis Jones lining up in the Champions League final in midfield, which would be crazy. But um, yeah, literally, who knows? But ideally, I think at the moment, Thiago, if you're fit, please, football gods, that'd be great. If not, then yeah, I think we're going to see Kat, uh, Naby, Fabinho and then Henderson. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. It's, uh, well, I mean, I'll back anyone. I'll back Curtis. I love Curtis. I think he's brilliant. He's great. Could be great for, uh, you know, the way that he pressed in the last game was really impressive. I think that was his best game defensively for us. I think he was absolutely excellent in the last game. He got bit better and better and bolder and bolder as the game went on as well, which is, which is superb. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in, going forward, um, uh, Nigel, the the I don't know forward um, the front three today. I mean, we started with Jota, Firmino. Um, uh, sorry, Firmino. What am I talking about? Jota, Mane, and Diaz. Um, what what did you make it? I mean, I thought Jota. I mean, he's had a wonderful, wonderful season, but he looks like his his confidence has been knocked a bit. I don't know. Is that is that just me? No, he looks a bit. Um, he he. Great run, great close and all that, but he just looks a little bit shy of confidence. Just looks a little bit bereft of, of confidence at the moment. Um it's I think it's I think it's what I said a few minutes ago, that low block thing. Um he's not getting as much room because everyone's sitting back on top of on back at back on top of sorry, uh, sitting back on top of their centre halves and their goalkeeper. And there's just not enough room in the box for him to move around for what he wants. I, I think Mane is better as a centre forward at that, and Jota is better at maybe finding a little bit of space. Uh from coming into the drifting from outside in, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, Mane yeah. plays 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 better in straight lines than Jota does. Jota is a little uh, makes little darting runs into spaces, and the spaces are have been kind of filled in a little bit. But um, I'd have no problem with starting any combination of what we have. I, I like. But can we I can think, can I just interrupt you because I want you to talk to me yeah. about about Sadio Mane because you mentioned him there being brilliant in straight lines he's brilliant in straight lines he's brilliant in curly lines he's brilliant in diagonal yes. lines he's brilliant in pentagrams hex hexagons yeah. whatever you want talk to me yeah. about Sadio because I I mean I, I love Sadio I, 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 I mean I didn't think I could love him anymore yes. but he proves me wrong time and time again yeah yeah. Wonderful. He's he's slightly switched his game, I think, because he was playing on the left hand side all the time and just this cutting in. Like, do you remember the goal he scored against Arsenal? He was actually playing on the right. He's on his debut, but he he made a habit of doing the opposite thing to what Salah was doing: cut in and get the shot away at the corner. But he's 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 modified his game and become much more dangerous as a kind of a a guy who takes the ball. And he got he got kicked to ribbons last week in the cup final. Every time he got the ball, it was kick, 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 and gets no free kicks. Like he's just like he, he bounces around, and he he's great. He's great, absolutely fantastic. I would never have any problem with Sadio Mane starting for my team. None. I mean, he ends the season with I, I believe it was sixteen goals. I don't think FB Ref has updated their their, their site to include today. Um, I believe it was sixteen goals from uh, thirty-two starts. Um, and most of those came after the AFCON. And talking about the, you know, the, the little confidence, the hit to the confidence maybe that Diego Jota has suffered. Uh, Sadio Mane, the, the boost to the confidence uh, that he's had this year and finding that position alongside Luis Diaz. Um, well, what you said been... there, 16 goals, yeah. 16 goals, 32 games. That's one in two. Exactly. Any, any, main, top main striker, any top striker, any top striker anywhere would be proud of one in two. 
But check this out, though, Nigel, because I believe that he's played 14 of those games as a number nine, and yes. he's got 12 goals in four. Has he said that? Has he set that record today? I hear somebody saying he set a record today of scoring in the last game of a season, four seasons in a row. Well, and I think Mo, yeah. ha- I think Mo, yeah. I think Mo actually has done si- has done six. Is it five or six? I think it's six. That's amazing. Is that right? I mean, uh, Mo, yeah. yeah. At the beginning of the season, Mo Salah's got the record uh, for yes for the opening day and for the final day. That wouldn't that wouldn't yeah. surprise me because, you know, he's a, he's a big he's a big game player. Um, I just want to talk about Mane for a bit. Uh, Jack yep. Sadio Mane. Go, go go ahead. Go for your life. If we were playing on Mars, he'd probably still get man of the match. He, yes. He's the man for uh-huh. the big occasion. Every single game, every cup final we play, he's remarkable. Got him on my back and my shirt. I knew he'd come back even stronger. A lot of players didn't have the best year last year, and we all know the circumstances surrounding that. But it was difficult beginning before the season. He was speaking, speaking to psychiatrists or like sports people in terms of trying to get him back to it, but uh, the, the energy levels in which he's come back from, rightly so, because obviously winning the African Cup of Nations uh, and everything, it's stark contrast. Obviously, Mo chipped in a couple of goals, but Sadio Mane through the middle. And I tell you what, it, it's a one player's medals and it will kick him to bits. Atletico have done it already this season in the Champions League. He absolutely terrorised Atletico wins in the group stages. Christ. I was at that game and you're going to have to take him off because he was on the yellow and we know how, how, how the, the fight in which Mane does show on the pitch. But it's really remarkable, mate. And for me, I'd probably make an early man in the match out. It probably will be Sadio Mane come what, next week. Because he, he will be the one that steps up and really takes the ball by the horns in reality. And he, he never disappoints. And we need to get this lad signed down. Make him retire at Liverpool Football Club. Give him every last penny in which he deserves. Because him and Salah and the players of in our club, but most importantly, Sadio Mane, he doesn't care about what the money he's getting. He just cares about representing Liverpool Football Club and, and being managed by Egan Klopp. Wouldn't change it. Super Sadio. And uh, yeah, he's uh, defied expectations. And alone, he's absolutely sound. And he, he, you could go for a pint with the fella anyway, or a, a juice anyway. Yeah, I know these sports athletes. Yeah, maybe a juice. Maybe yeah. a, uh-huh. a juice, yeah. Ribena in Milner's terms. But yeah. Truly remarkable, mate. He's my man in a match for obviously Paris. I reckon he will be. <laughs> there's a, there's it's a great answer again because because Abdul, I mean Sadio, you don't know where he's going to turn, do you? I mean the way that he controls the ball these days, he kills the ball um, sometimes with a bit of backspin, so it sort of boom and it sort of stops in front of his feet, and then. He's there and he's, you know, he's squaring up a defender. He's right ahead of the defender and the defender's got absolutely no chance. They may as well just go go for a coffee, go for a cup of tea because he's going to skin them one way or another or he's going to just lay it off. And, and, and his technique, Abdul, is unbelievable because he's got that unpredictability. That's the thing I... I love, I mean, I love so much about his game. I love the way he doesn't complain when, you know, bad decisions go against him. Sometimes he has a rueful smile, but most of the time he's just like, you know, all right, that was a bad decision, wasn't it? And he he doesn't even react. He just gets on with his game. And um, I don't know. I mean, Sadio, what do you want to say about Sadio? Super Sadio, the manny in the middle. I think you've said it all, to be honest, Owen. Um First things first, yeah, like Jack says, I'm absolutely sure that the front three in, in Paris is probably going to be Salah, Mane, Diaz, 
think that's sorted uh, just based off the last few performances and the rhythm that the team has got into. But talking on Mane, I think you're completely right, Owen. Like uh, when we were first linked with Mane, I remember everybody was like, because eh, we were also linked with Goethe at the same time. And everybody, myself especially, I felt like Mane was a very one-dimensional winger. He was used as a second striker at Southampton. I thought, oh, he's got pace, but, you know, I want somebody who's got a bit of, you know, flair, like he's got good technical quality. I'd love to have Goetze. Goetze has it all. He's he's a, he's a top quality player. He oozes luxury. And uh, yeah, and then obviously you get the goal that Nigel mentioned a minute ago. The one, against, the one against Arsenal. And it's just kind of like, you look back on it and now you're like, that is a top quality, high level technical goal. He took that ball on the right wing, beat a man, did a chop, came in, curled it in with his left foot, his weaker foot, like Salah would use, like, like Salah would do. Like that is a top high level quality goal. But at the time, I just remember thinking like, ah, oh, like that's just like Mane, you know? And over the years, he'll, he'll do these incredibly high-level technical goals. And I'll just think, oh, that's Mane. And I think it took me until, like, I think he scored this one goal where, like, his body mechanics were just absolutely ridiculous. It was like a goal that he hit on a half volley um, with his left foot with, like, very little time. I can't remember it, but I remember somebody on, on Twitter doing a thread about, like, his body mechanics in the goal. And, I, like, that was the moment where it finally clicked for me. I was like, what he's doing is actually not normal. I do not see many other like top level forwards like do what he does. And to contrast it, let's look at somebody like Karim Benzema, for example. You watch Karim Benzema and the reason why I love Benzema and I've loved him for years is because when you watch him play or someone like Riyad Mahrez, when you watch them play football, they have clearly like learnt from the masters. They like all of the techniques and the skills and the things that they do is something where you can you can follow a clear thread going back in football through Zidane, through Koi or whoever. Like it's something that you've seen somebody do before and you know that they've watched that video or on the training ground, they've they've spent time perfecting that technique. Sadio Mane is completely different because he's like, he's just live wire. Like he, he does things so instinctively, like he creates new techniques. He creates new Absolutely. ways. Remember the football... back heel goal? I saw that. I saw that today. The back heel bounced over the, uh, bounced over yeah. Ben, the ben Foster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Allianz goal as well. Yeah, Allianz. exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say that the quintessential Sadio Mane goal, Bayern Munich, the first one. Yeah. When he, and when he turned on the ball and chipped it over, over Neuer, it was an amazing finish. And it's like, you know that he's not doing it because he's like done it before on the training ground. It's literally in that moment, pure instinct. His body is just doing that because he knows, his body knows that that is what I can do. So I will do it. That is Sadio Mane to a T. And it is, it's incredibly just unique and high level technical ability but even today's goal, right? When he when he got that ball from Thiago, most forwards, I'm 100% Jota would and I'm 100% Firmino would, they would have taken that touch first just to reassure themselves and then like maybe pass it on. But Mane, the ball was coming to him and his body again just went, you know what? If I turn quickly, I'll be in. So his body did it. And then he, he was in and he scored us a goal. And I think that's so that's so valuable. I think, um, yeah, we need to have him on the pitch in Madrid, basically. Uh, he was going to be on the pitch anyways, but yeah, we need to have him on the pitch. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, you said in Madrid, but of course that was a slip of the tongue. We know what you mean. It was in Paris. We're going to Paris against Madrid. But speaking of Madrid in Paris, I saw them play PSG because of my, uh, you know, my job. Uh, um, and, you know, managed to get a ticket at the last moment for PSG. 
Real Madrid at the Parc des Princes, and I had and I had a really good seat. You know, I'm very lucky, very fortunate, very blessed to have had a really good seat. Um, but you know, sort of halfway up the pitch, close enough to the pitch to get a really good look at Real Madrid, and they were rubbish. They were like as old as they should be. You know, like they 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 acted their age, so to speak. Ed, Eder Militao won't have a, a you know a rat's chance at a cat fest against Sadio Mane. I think. I think. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm very very confident for the for this final for Paris and what's going to happen. But Real Madrid, they've shown time and time again. They were the worst team against Paris Saint-Germain for uh, 90 minutes and plus 60 minutes. But for 30 minutes, they were like the best team you've ever seen. Against Chelsea, very much the same. They were awful. But then for about, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes, they turned into like a super team. Uh, And against Manchester City, um, they did well to stay in the match, more or less. But then they were only, they they put on about, about 15 minutes of sheer brilliance and we can't underestimate that it was absolutely amazing what they did against all three of those teams but jack i i think tiago or no tiago a fit fabinho or no fabinho tactically we got the right game because we're going to be we're going to be at them we're going to be in their face i think we should play ibu to watch out for that what Abdul was saying earlier, the, the Tony Cruz or, or Modric over the top for Vinny um, behind Trent Ball. But apart from that, I think that's going to be all they have, plus the brilliant Karim Benzema. But I'm feeling, yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, you know, bullish. I'm feeling like, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can do this. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, understand as, as we already mentioned, the lads as well, and everyone in the comments, it, we play our game. We don't get let Real Madrid dictate our game. I think they will be absolutely petrified. Obviously, Camavinga, I love him as a player. He changed the game against City, but it helps when you take Kevin De Bruyne off to keep on giving possession away to the opposition team. But even if we have half of the chances in which Chelsea and City have, we'll blow them away. In reality, we've got goals. They might score goals against us next week, but we've got, we'll score more. <laughs> it's quite frightening. And obviously, Nacho and Militao, similar to obviously Marquinhos at PSG, both Brazilians, he has got that tendency, really. He's not played against the Sadio Mane in La Liga all season. He's not played against a player like Diaz, obviously, trains with a certain Brazilian that's got certain abilities, the pace, the raw ability, and this in his uni, yes. And obviously, we've already mentioned the, the great midfield players they have at their disposal. But this, as long as we have a good spell, we can blow these away. And I'm excited. And especially the, the midfield, obviously, Tony Cruz, Casemiro. It was madness that he didn't play Casemiro against Manchester City. It was in the second leg or something, or one of, the, one of the games, or Chelsea. He didn't play one of them. Um, but, yeah, as the lads have said, hopefully we just make them feel old. We're just these relentless reds, whatever happens. We get a nice early goal it is against Tottenham. But if it isn't, we don't panic. We keep on playing our game. And it's quite dangerous if Real Madrid do sit off Liverpool. I know they've got the pace, but if Fabinho does a job on... Um, that's why I'm more inclined to potentially start um, Joel Matip. We've seen him against the likes of Robert Lewandowski as well over the last couple of years. Mentioned that game in the Allianz. He was absolutely phenomenal, really, in reality. 
Um, but going going into it in full confidence it won't be easy. Uh, as we said, we've we'd already underplayed them last season when we got beat by them. I know we had a lot of injuries, but we all know the qualities. But we play our game. We are we are one of the best teams in European football. And as he said, boys, Belgium have been lucky this season in Champions League. The, the, the opportunities they they give to oppositions. Uh, it was bad enough watching a uh, Kylian Mbappe against Carvajal. Imagine Luis Diaz with his pace as well down that left. <laughs> I cannot wait. Can't wait. There you go, Nigel. Are you also in the in the can't wait game? Yeah, I'm. I'm in a positive frame of mind. I think we'll draw on what I said earlier on. Draw on the energy today that it doesn't happen again, and we'll win. I, I do think we'll win. I think we're a better team than Real Madrid. They've they have been lucky. They've been absolutely blessed. Manchester City folded like a cheap suit in the last what two or three minutes. They just couldn't handle. It, it's it's like Villa today. I had a feeling when City scored the first goal, that was it. There was only one thing going to happen, and it did. And um, I think the same thing actually happened to City against Aston Villa or against against um, Real Madrid. But I think we have a stronger mentality than that. And if Real Madrid are thinking that they're going to get an easy Champions League, like the last one they got against us, it ain't happening. Excellent. Excellent. Already had the shirt out, haven't they, boys? Was it the 14? I know they're quite comfortable. Oh, that's it. That's like the Bayern Munich putting the, putting the directions to, to Paris up on the dressing room wall. Mm, yeah. Bob Paisley. Yeah, but I don't know. But if you if you translate what it actually said, it, it just said, let's go for number 14. It's not like 14's in the bag or anything like that. But yeah. uh, but uh, no, I mean, I can I can understand. I can understand why people are like, you know, you could use that as a motivational um thing but I, I don't know how to um today as nigel said is the perfect motivation to go to paris and to you know knock um seven bells seven pro- proverbial bells not real bells uh from real madrid and their ill-gotten history because if you look at their history i mean do people even know that franco started uh you know real madrid i don't know but anyway let's not get into that um, let's just get into next week. I mean, you know, um, this is it. We're gonna we're gonna pick ourselves up and get the get the treble, get the cup treble, aren't we? So, I think what you were saying uh, about Madrid looking absolutely rubbish at PSG. One thing about Madrid that's just so baffling to me, um, and this is why I think this match against Madrid is actually like such a perfect match because. I think both Madrid and Liverpool are tapped into something greater than than actual reality. Like when it comes to football, like they're both two teams who I think encapsulate um, like the magic of football. But Madrid, like the way they play football, I've never seen a group of players look so rubbish. And then you just feel like they don't care. Like they just they have no care about the fact that they're playing rubbish. They have just so much belief in their ability and in this magic of football that they will just turn it around and they feel like, oh, you know, we're a quality group of players. And even the things that they do on the pitch, like the passing uh, the passing uh, networks that they try and make on the pitch are, are, are so unique to them. And I think it's purely because they know that I feel like when you join Real Madrid or like when you've been at Real Madrid for like a year, every single training session you go into, there must just be like a sign on the door that says like, you're playing for Real Madrid. You are one of the best players in the world. Play like it. And that's how I feel like they play. Like they play with this kind of arrogance, um, which I think, yeah, it's deserved because they probably over the last decade, they've done more in this competition than any other team. And they just keep winning 
in throughout their own history. And yeah, like you said, they've got a very dark history that people don't really know about. I don't know about it too well myself. I know that, you know, they were uh, pushed by General Franco and um, yeah, they've, they've done some shady stuff. And obviously right now with Perez as well, like a very shady team. And yeah, I'm so glad that this Mbapp thing happened to them because yeah, I think it's the first time in a long time that they've had a, a high profile player snub them. And I don't think they know what it fe feels like really. And uh, yeah, I feel like it really will affect them mentally. Like, you know, why, how can we get rejected? We're Real Madrid. But yeah, in terms of the final, I think it's going to play into Liverpool's hand, this arrogance that they have. I feel like Liverpool will chase every single thing down and they will, like a player like Jota, for example, he's not going to start, but he's a player who give him even a half a chance in a big moment in, a, in, a, in that final and he's bagging that goal. I would put my house on Jota bagging a goal, even if it's like the highest, the lowest probability XG chance. I can see someone like Salah or Mane or Jota or Diaz just doing something to score. And I think that's something that Real Madrid haven't come up against. All of the teams that they've played so far, like City try and do this kind of like perfect goal. PSG try and do this perfect goal. Chelsea have their own set way of creating chances to score a goal. Liverpool are completely different because we just want a goal and we will do whatever it takes to get that goal. So, yeah, I think they've really met their match, really, in Liverpool. And I also think that we've met our match because I don't think there's any other club that has a sense of magic for football that Real Madrid has. So, yeah, really interesting one. But fingers crossed. And I think we'll be good. I think we will be good. And I think we're good for today. Um, unless, is there anything um, anyone would like to mention about today or about next week that we've forgotten? Or I'd just like to mention, there's a little video going around on Twitter there of some Manchester City fan assaulting the Aston Villa goalkeeper when he was going off the field. I just saw it a couple of minutes ago. Oh, um, God. These pitch invasions have to stop. It's incredible. Um, like, the Billy Sharp headbutt was, a, was an utter disgrace. The thing with Vieira last week with Everton, and now this today, and a few more as well in the lower division stuff. I'm not sure what's going on, but good God, this has to stop. Yeah, the safety yeah. of everyone, everyone on the pitch is 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 it's, you know it's paramount. You know, you've got to, you've got to just be able to go to a football match and be able to not get carried away, not lose your yeah. mind, not start assaulting people or yeah. you know ridiculous things like that. What a what yeah. a what a what a sad moment! And can I be the first to suggest a points deduction? Yeah, of, the cowards of, in authority yeah. won't do anything. That's the problem. They're being yeah, let do it. Oh, haven't got the bottle, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, he, and even still, Owen and lads, like, yeah, we, we've seen football, and football has been sweeping up issues under the carpet for the last 20, 30 years. It's not gone away. It's always been the horrible side of football. And yeah. this is probably a, a bigger question. It's, uh, yes, you see, you talk about uh, a lot me haven't made have said, oh, it's passion. Yes, you can win the league and still be in the sand. Like, for me, I hope they suspend all the, anyone that's been, get all the CCTV up and, and get, get rid of the season ticket because, yes, you can be passionate in the stands. You don't have to go on the pitch. And as, and if that is the case, uh, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, and it's a small minority. And, and Liverpool got small sections of our fan base. It's every single football club. It, it, the, it's a bigger picture now. There needs to be talking points. We spoke about Super League and everyone come back with that. But there's so many horrible sides to football, which we see in the 70s. John Barnes and the horrible that need to be we need to speak about it and we need to take it face on and 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 you can't resolve it over a year it, it needs to be taking real action on these individuals Absolutely. that are are doing this awful stuff 
yeah yep. totally absolutely totally. Uh, absolutely yeah well said well said so um you know to, to wrap things up uh jack mac lfc absolutely wonderful to have you with us can you tell tell the viewers and the listeners at home uh, about your excellent youtube channel please yeah it's jack mac lfc on all socials mate thank you very much for having me on the season owen and speaking to the lads as always been an absolute pleasure on the pod and everyone at home enjoy it enjoy Enjoy next weekend. Look after yourselves and whatever does happen, as we said tonight. We'll be back next season for the uh, Don't Speak to any next season. Have a lovely summer. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again next season, mate. And as always, that's you'll never walk alone. And uh, so proud of these boys. But cheers, mate, yeah. for having me on. Well, thank you, Jack. And thanks for being the sort of Obi-Wan Kenobi faced with Darth Vader. If you strike <laughs> us that down, yeah, we'll that come one. back more powerful than you can imagine. Excellent stuff. More like, more uh, like Jar Jar for all the seven. But a very motivational Jar Jar. Well done. Uh, excellent <laughs> stuff. Uh, Abdul, what about what's going on at Watch LFC these days? Not much. Hopefully, uh, just yeah, just keeping it ticking, keeping it ticking. Hopefully, next season, next week, we have something massive to uh, share with the fans. And yeah, just yeah, your number one place for anything that's worth listening to about Liverpool. So yeah, give us a follow. Watch underscore LFC on Twitter. Yeah, do give give them a follow. Brilliant, brilliant account that Abdul's part of. And um, what was I going to say? Oh yes, cop on. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got I've got I've got my own channel. Um, uh, we're going to have some special uh, special episodes this week in the lead up uh, to Paris. Uh, hopefully, um, get some good analysts on. Uh, Joe's going to join us, who's actually a writer for ESPN. He's a, he's a Real Madrid correspondent for ESPN, but he's also a red. So um, you know that'll be that should be interesting. Uh, but I want to thank you very much, Nigel as well um for, for for being with us is there anything you would like to plug or anything else you would like to mention no i just like to say well done on for the year i've really enjoyed the few times i've been on i really enjoyed it i love it i love doing it uh i'd like to say thanks to to jack and abdul for the few times we've spoken as well really enjoyed it lads hope we can do it plenty more and anybody else that i've been talking to on here it's been brilliant love it yeah, it and I'd like to also brilliant. extend my uh, thanks as well, Owen. It's honestly been brilliant being part of this podcast. And um, yeah, literally hope it goes from strength to strength. And thanks so much, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to me and stuff. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. Well, I love hearing all of your views. I love having everyone in the comments. I love, honestly, it's like it, get, it makes me emotional because it's so nice to have all these listeners all over the world and everybody who wants to contribute. Cop on podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, thank you very much. We had a Patreon subscriber this this week. Um, if you want to get in, in touch, um, if you want to support us for as little as one US dollar per month, you can do on Patreon. That's in the audio description of any podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks a million. Uh, and you know, I can't wait for Paris because it's my home city. I've managed to blag a ticket for me and my brother, not from one of the fans who usually goes. I'm not taking one of the paltry idiotic 19,000 tickets i'm taking one of the you know football family tickets from one of my students who's uh, who's just been a real uh, gentleman and let me buy his allocation for his ticket because he's like a he lives in france he's not a, a fan of liverpool or real madrid and so there you go you're going to have in the so-called neutral section you're going to have me and my brother who are just gonna i don't know we're gonna sing our oh, hearts out. um 
I can't Romantic. wait. I can't wait. I cannot wait at all. It's it's just more than a dream. Um, it's going to be incredible, and I'm going to be screaming, screaming my moobs off, as they say. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. This has been <laughs> this has been coffee. You've been <laughs> you've been brilliant. Uh, take uh, take care. Take care. Bye. You'll never walk alone. We'll be back soon.